welcome to ESPN's The Far Post podcast. We are back for another week. We are hydrated. We are caffeinated. We are absolutely raring to go. Don't pull faces. I've just seen you run for water. We absolutely are hydrated and caffeinated, Angela. Anywho, that's not important. I know when I start these intros that I like to say things like, well, what a chaotic round of dub. But wow, what a chaotic round of dub we've just had. I feel like I have um, maybe been overselling every other round because holy shit, what the hell did we just witness? Um, There is lots to talk about and we absolutely cannot wait to get into all of it. But before we begin, we want to acknowledge the traditional owners of the lands we're recording on today, the Wurundjeri people, and pay our respects to their elders past and present. For today's episode, you've got me, Marissa Lodanik, Angela Christian-Wilkes, and making her glorious return, Anna Harrington. So, friendos, let's begin with some You Love to See It's Harrow, since it's been a while. You can start off the You Love to See It's Obviously, we love to see you back on the pod. But what did you love to see? I love to be back. Ah. I love to see your faces. Ah. Unfortunately, not Sam today, but, you know, you'll do. Um... <laughs> It's good to be back, guys, in glorious Melbourne with you guys. Um, but what uh, what did I love to see? Um, I hate to be predictable, but I'm going to be predictable. Um, Sam Kerr's goal the other day, um, but more importantly, like, just the combination with Lauren James. Like, Lauren James has been very much – I think it's fair to say, like, everyone rated her, but it's been a breakout season for Lauren James at Chelsea. And her combination with Sam Kerr has just been exceptional. Um, and the way she lifted this ball, uh, split the defence into the path of Kerr, who just controlled it beautifully and sort of lifted it into the net. Just work of art. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's the sort of thing that you love waking up and seeing when you're looking at the highlights um, from English football when we get up here in Melbourne. So, yeah, uh, Lauren James's ball, Sam Kerr's finish, the combination, you love to see it. We really did. It was so good. And I don't know if you guys saw, there was the the shot from like behind Mary Earps. So she's there like reaching out really tall, trying to stop this. You can see Kerr, you can see the United defender sliding in and someone's found like some modern stick art thing that looks exactly like this picture. And it's very, very funny. I will give it a retweet, but it made me, I love the sports, but make it art thing. So it was very funny to see. Angela, what did you love to see from this week? I loved to see yet another banger from Paige Zoyce. Um, I feel like she's the new Melina Ayres in that at the moment, Paige Zoyce, she only at the moment seems to score bangers, but that's completely fine because that the the goal that she scored in the derby um, this Sunday just gone was just immaculate. And it was actually assisted by Melina Ayres, um, came out of the box from a corner. She was just outside the 18 and just absolutely put her foot through it and it flew over Sally James. There was nothing really she could do. Top bins, beautiful stuff. And I feel like, I know that you're not meant to call her Paige Zouar, but it like the goal had a bit of Zouar to it, no? It was a bit of, mm, a bit of, mm. anyway, so Absolutely love to see that. I was at Amy Park for that game. I'd also like to just give a shout out to me because Amy Park has never seen that much sleigh. Okay. I was wearing a sparkly blue dress because I had to go from the dub to Carly Rae Jepsen. So 
and it actually really matched the victory jersey I was really proud of myself um so I also love to see myself in that because I did look good anyway you don't get to hear me be confident very often so we're just gonna lap it up anyway you'll love to see it did you keep on the jersey for the gig I did not no um (laughs) missed opportunity I don't know I just don't think that you could have shut off that you're a sporty gal true true I mm, just don't know how much of a Venn diagram that is in terms of like I think I would have been the only one at the Carly Rae Jepsen concert you are the Venn diagram I am the Venn yeah I'm the circle basically so um but it might be you know what I might do it again (laughs) I might do it again football core would you say that your outfit had zwar actually yes I would I would say my outfit Mm -hmm. had zwar Mm-hmm. I, I'm fully, I'm all aboard Zwa being a, a word that we now use in dub circles. Like, I'm all for it. Um, but we absolutely did love to see the goal and the fit. Two very, 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 very good things. But um, I also had a you love to see it. Uh, I need to legally mention that there was an Olympico in the MPLW New South Wales. Uh, Alexia Karastal for Bankstown City scored an Olympico. I got tagged in it, as you can imagine, and it was delicious. So we absolutely always love to see an Olympico. But my actual you love to see it from this round of dub was Vesna Milivojevic's goal because, whoo, mama, it was so good. It was just such a nice hit on the half volley keeper could do absolutely nothing about it it was one of those situations where they're bending backwards and they're just they're not getting anywhere near it and she was stoked her teammates were stoked it was such a pretty goal we absolutely love to see it it was a really good week for bangers in the dub actually but we move along to the actual meat of this episode because as i said in the intro holy heck Oh, yeah, lots of Italian gestures here. Like, holy mother, there was some things going on. So let's recap the results really quickly before we get stuck get stuck into some of the big games. Adelaide won their first game in what feels like a billion years. They beat Perth 2-1. The Knicks beat Sydney 1-0. What? Brisbane defeated Western United 2-0. What? Uh, Western Sydney Wanderers and Canberra drew 1-1 in what was a a bit of an end-to-end clash in that kind of second half in particular. And then Melbourne Victory defeated Melbourne City 2-0. What? I just, it was so much fun. It was a really fun game, a fun weekend rather of like, if you couldn't check or watch the games live and then you've checked your phone or you've checked Twitter and it's just people losing their collective minds great fun would recommend but um let's talk about some of these games let's start with the one that we all watched most recently which was the Melbourne derby because this one also had huge kind of top four ramifications so ramifications (laughs) I was like I'm ready for some permutations chat um but like permutations I think to say that like Melbourne victory needed this win is almost a bit of an understatement because for the last few weeks, all of the chat has kind of been like Melbourne victory, they're in fourth, but all these people are like kind of creeping up behind them and they're not looking too hot and Canberra looks good and Perth look good. And it became this whole kind of situation. So can we kind of talk about just how important this win was for victory and for their finals credentials? 
Well, yeah, I think Jeff Hopkins summed it up the best. I asked him how important this game was. We talked about the importance of winning a derby, but Melbourne victory, you sometimes hear clubs say, oh, we don't listen to media reports. We don't, you know, outside noise, blah, blah, blah. I personally love it when coaches and players just admit that they know that people are talking about them and are talking about permutations because we all know that you're listening, you're reading. We, we know, we know. You're not fooling anyone if you say you're not. So Jeff Hopkins, um, looking at the weekend and the results that have gone, uh, for Sydney losing, Western United losing, Canberra drawing with Western Sydney. I think that was a game they should have won. don't know how much that impacted it. Anyway, so a few teams have slipped up basically. So uh, Jeff said, um, look at the weekend and the results that have gone and everyone tripping up or stumbling. It was really important that we then didn't do the same. People have been sending us messages the last few weeks and we sent them a little bit of a message that we're not ready to be run down by anyone. That's what it felt like to me. It was a mature performance. It was a professional performance. Funnily enough, neither Dario Vidasic nor Jeff Hopkins were super happy with how their teams played in the first half, despite Victory obviously scoring their two goals in the first half. It felt super professional to me from Victory. Two goals, penalty wasn't there. Emma Checker, I think, is a bit unfortunate in that her arms go up, and that's what catches the ref's attention. I think the ball might have actually maybe hit her back. Um, So she's unlucky, but, you know, swings and roundabouts, I suppose. It's unfortunate. But the second goal we just talked about, the bit of Zola from Paige Zoyce. Um, And then Victory just was so professional the way they saw it out. I felt like um, they had a point to prove. They had a lot of experience on the pitch. As soon as they got two goals up, they just didn't look like they were going to get hunted down. I think that's something Victory have always been very good at under Jeff Hopkins is closing out games. Sometimes they cop early goals and they have to fight their way back in. But I feel like when they win, when the, sorry, when they're winning, they don't often let it slip, I suppose. So it was, yeah, it was super professional. I felt like City maybe, and I know they weren't didn't have Danny Gallich because of young Matilda's duties. It felt like they had all their firepower on the pitch at once uh, in terms of starters. Um, obviously McNamara, had Wilkinson, Rojas and Riley Henry and, it, it felt like Holly McNamara was excellent in trying to create and trying to do everything. And on another day, probably could have had three or four assists. But it also felt like she was the only one things were sort of happening through. They were maybe over-reliant on her. They, they barely used Briley Henry, who's been in good form. Um, it feels like Wilkinson and Rojas haven't really figured out how to play together just yet. I wonder if they're going to have to make a ruthless call at some point and start with one of them as a striker and use the other off the bench. Um and at the moment, I'd probably be inclined to go with starting Rojas and having Wilkinson come off the bench just based on how well um, City played early in the season with a small forward line. Anyway, I, I digress. But it was it was a huge performance from Victory. It was, it was exactly what they needed. They needed a win, first of all, but to get it over another top four team, I think, was, was really crucial because, you know, it's all well and good to get a breakthrough win against... Uh, a Wanderers or another team or a Wellington who aren't playing finals. But to do it against a fellow contender for finals, I thought I thought was super important. Bit of a statement. Yeah, and I think as well, obviously, they've had a rocky couple of weeks. I guess the big question was what are they going to do with losing KK, which we discussed last week on the pod. And I think they've shown... 
I think what really pleased me as well was like it was there were solid performances from players like Tiff Eliadis who are having to step up um, into that space left by players like KK. And um, it was, I think as well, in terms of like players like Paige Zoyce, like she was playing as a right back, I think, like being able to have that versatility. But um, the kind of, I, I was harp on about the youngsters that are kind of coming through at Victory, but I do think that um, Jeff's done a really good job of balancing that this season and is able to bring players off the bench who've gotten minutes earlier on in the season. Maybe they weren't paying dividends then, but are now able to kind of back it up and see out games and, and work as that kind of collective. And yeah, it wasn't necessarily, it wasn't a pretty game of football. There were some real close chances for city as well. Mm. I think there was a couple of crossbar hits. Um, and I think they were very unlucky to come away, like not have a goal at all. Um, but at, at the same time, and yeah, pretty funny quite early on in the game victory's bench getting yellows there was obviously a lot of passion behind this and this win meant well this game just generally meant a lot and they really went out to win it so I don't know yeah it was um it was quite a fun game um I'm Mm, excited to see if this can like continue for victory obviously because I'm biased um but yeah city they're just like I'm not sure they've just kind of lost a little bit of spark but Rojas is industrious I think it's only a matter of time before she's putting them away again but anyway yeah double thumbs up for the derby I think City really missed Leah Leah Davidson um she was really the player that kept them ticking over so industrious in midfield so hard working um gave him a bit of like impetus going forward as well um McKenna is more of an attacking player and she should have scored as well. She should have scored and I think it's a 58. is about the penalty spot and she put it over the bar. Kato Rojas missed a really good chance when she was put through from by McNamara early on. It's just not clicking in attack. It feels like it, that's that's the issue. They need to figure out what their best attack is. I think getting Galich back will help in terms of a, another spark. But they really missed those players. And they were, to be honest, they were bullied by Amy Jackson. Um, and Jeff Hopkins said that... No, well, Jeff Hopkins said it was probably her best game for the season. She was so imposing physically. She just worked and worked and worked, um, made herself felt um, consistently. Um, and I, I like that you mentioned Tiff Aliada because it felt like when everyone was tiring in that game, um, Victory's older sort of legs were able to to see it out really well. And Tiff Aliada was just working and working and working. And that's the sort of thing that wins, that wins games like that when it gets tough. I think City are welcome back. Um, They'll welcome back Galich. They'll give them an extra spark. I think they do need to make a decision on what they do um, with their attack. I, I just don't feel like the Rojas Wilkinson combination is working. It's whether they persist with that and find a way to make it work as a two up top, or they drop one to the bench will be interesting. Um, but they need to sort of figure that one out. I think sooner rather than later because they they're creating lots of good chances. As I mentioned, McNamara in particular, but they weren't really capitalising on them. Um, and I think it would have been quite frustrating for Dario Vidasic and Co. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting. I'm interested to see if Victory can go on. That Jess Nash wasn't fit to play after young Matildas. Murphy and Breedis were able to play a small role at the end. But um, Nash, they expect will be back next week. I think they'll be pretty happy to have her back in there. But, yeah, it was, it was a very well-constructed win from Victory. And you'd think one that they'll try and build on. I was like, um, so that's a banger. 
Angela Darby. Um, I was just going to say, Naomi Chinema, I, I thought that she, when she came on, she was really important for City. Um, but I'm also like, she was meant to be out. So she, I don't know if she's playing on an injury that, or what's That going challenge on, on Beatty Goad at the end, um, I think yeah. she just recovered a bit quicker than they thought. They were talking about her being a couple of weeks away and then it was limited game time, but they thought it would just take time for her to not feel for the hamstring anymore as a young player, like when you get your first sort of serious injury, like a soft tissue injury, it can take a little while to get used to playing and not be, you know, worrying about the injury. And I think as she went on, she got better at that. As I mentioned, that that challenge on BD Go, which saved a certain goal, was one where she really had to lunge. And I think if you're not, if you get through something like that and you're not worried about your hamstring after that, you can sort of kick on from there. I think they have missed her as well. Um, at, at She's that, so good. So. We'll give them the option to maybe put put Bowen a bit further up the park as well. Give him a bit more grunt in mm. defensive midfield. I think I think that'll help a lot. And that'll obviously help with Davidson being out as well. Um, the only player that we haven't mentioned that I feel like deserved to mention was Casey Dumont because obviously you mentioned that you know City had chances. It must have been so frustrating, and she was chief frustrator. She was so good. She made herself so big. She made some really incredible saves, and she did it all with the cap that just does not accommodate a high ponytail like the one and that Casey Dumont wears. Anytime she flung herself, it flung that little bit further and it made me laugh. I just, I was thinking um, they make those caps now where like the entire back is magnetic and um, mm. it pops open so you can wear a high ponytail. I'm like, Melbourne Victory, do it for Casey. Get some of those caps in for a bit. She was phenomenal and really helped make sure that Victory not only maintained this lead but kept the clean sheet as well. So, um, as you said, the Canberra game next week for Victory is going to be very spicy. It's going to be very fun. Um, And, obviously, we're still waiting to see uh, what happens with Canberra's appeal. So there could always be that little extra spice depending on Mm -hmm. what happens there. We'll obviously uh, wait and see, but... So Let's move on to good yeah, buffer it's for a massive now. Like buffer. a very, a very good buffer. Um, it really well time with how tight it is at the top. That's that's crucial, I think. Like pending the Canberra appeal, if Canberra didn't have this appeal pending and a potential three points in the way, you could almost lock lock away the top four. That's sort of the only thing that's keeping it in the balance. A hundred percent. But let's move on to some of the other fun, spicy games. Would we like to talk about the Wellington win or would we like to talk about the Brisbane win? I thought you were going to say, do you want to talk about the Wellington win or the Sydney loss? And I, was like, well, anyway. <laughs> I mean, if that's how and you says, like to lost us. <laughs> <laughs> so what, what I'm hearing is let's talk about Wellington 1, Sydney nil. Now, because there is no Sydney presence on this pod, I think we can enjoy it a little bit because it is fun. Like, it's good for the narrative. Like, it's just, it's, it's objectively funny. It's, it's objectively funny after a week of people talking about conspiracy theories to help Sydney win the Premier's plate, <laughs> which is ridiculous. That's, like, come on, come yes. on. Um, ridiculous. That is not a thing that is happening as much as uh, Soccer Twitter was enjoying talking about it. Um, obviously, Sydney are the beneficiaries, the 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 Canberra points forfeit was a game against Sydney. We, we talked about this last week. So an extra three points puts them level with Western United on points and ahead of them on goals. Goal difference with a couple of games in hand. We will see what happens there. 
but <laughs> to have like multiple days of people talking about the fix is in as people do enjoy doing and then Sydney losing objectively funny losing to the bottom team objectively funny like and also just and that's like not a slight on anyone at Sydney that's not <laughs> anything bad like that just when results like this happen it's funny um and it would so be funnier still- if Sam were here Sam's probably like, thank God I don't have to listen to you three right now. But also, like, I'm going to put my Sam hat on and be like, so we need to look at this loss in context um, because obviously. (laughs) (laughs) The context? Funny. (laughs) I'm laughing. But I'm putting my Sam hat on. Not funny. If I'm wearing my Sam hat, not funny. Um, but it does, you know, we we do have to mention that obviously. You need to look a bit more no like a stun mullet to be more like Sam, I think. <laughs> yeah, but I can't turn off the part of me that does think this is funny. I'm just yes, I'm, I'm sorry. To... You you mentioned some key outs: Nat Tobin, Charlotte McLean, Jada Wine, literally like, pretty the entire handy like. Group of outs. You ask Ante Urich, Charlotte McLean is the best defender in the league, right? Nat Tobin is their captain. Jada Wyman, we saw the direction they lose when Jada Wyman isn't the, isn't the person controlling things from keeper, right? Clearly three very senior players that they missed. Hopefully they're, I think it was concussion for Tobin and McLean. So hopefully they are both back up and about and ready to go for this week. But yeah, you, you can't deny three huge outs for Sydney FC. And no one's saying that those outs did not like obviously impact Sydney because any team would be, you know, thrown by the loss of their starting keeper and their two starting centre-backs. But, you know, it's not like then Wellington piled on the goals and it's not like Sydney were losing or missing that much, I suppose, in attack. Obviously, Maddie Haley is still not in, but you've got Princess Avini, you've got um, Courtney Courtney Vine, you've got all these players who were still on the park. So... Um, it's a credit, I suppose, as well to Wellington's defence that they were able to keep a, a still pretty stacked Sydney FC attack out and make them pay down the other end as well. And I thought for a young team, they did a really good job of sort of shit-outing their way through the final minutes. Like the game, you know, like you got to do a little bit of gamesmanship, right? you got to soak up the minutes. It's, it's a hard thing to do as a young team. It's very easy to lose concentration. I mean, you look at that the goal that Wellington scored where Taylor's managed to basically you know, knock it home from a from a sort of chaotic set piece. And it's like, that doesn't happen, you'd think, if McLean and Tobin and Wyman are there because Sydney would just have more command of their penalty box. But full credit to Wellington. You've got to take the opportunity when it comes. And as you say, Marissa, they still had to deal with plenty of attacking threats going forward. It's a really mature win, I think. You know, like it doesn't matter if you if you win ugly, you still got to win. And if, it feels like they deserved the three points. It wasn't just a smash and grab, like watching it. It wasn't just Sydney, you know, having heaps of chances and not being able to score and Wellington getting a, an arsy goal. They earned it. They deserve three points. And that's a good sign for the league if you're getting teams get these deserved results. So, yeah, it, it, it does make things a bit more interesting. I think we just got to see what happens with this Canberra appeal because I feel like that's sucked a bit of air out of the, the sails because Sydney do have, as we've mentioned, two games in hand on Western United. Um, it's going to be really interesting to see if they can sort of hold sway and, and, hold, and just hold on in this Premier's plate race. I liked that Wellington didn't 
sit back as well once they got the goal. Um, I really enjoy their style of football and how it's quite, um, yeah, attacking-minded and, and progressive in that sense. And, like, there was that disallowed goal in the injury time as well. Um, I do find it interesting, I guess, for Sydney, um, like – terrible timing right with the McLean concussion and not her not playing and then yeah Tobin out as well we've established that but they brought in Green who really hasn't had that much game time and I don't know what the approach is for coaches in being able to manage that the depth in their squad without you know overwhelming young players by giving them too much responsibility but then you have a situation like this where You've got um, Della Harp and Green as the centre-backs. And Della Harp's been getting minutes this season and um, I think has, has really proved herself. But you, it is that, yeah, it's a lot of responsibility to put on a player who's only made one other appearance this season in, in Green, I mean, um, to be able to command that defence. And I wonder if there was just, I don't know, like perhaps a bit of complacency. I I don't know, like if Sydney thought that they were just going to be able to go in and, and win it. And to Wellington's credit as well, I think Brianna Edwards made some re- really important saves. Um, there was that one chance from like Vine made an incredible run down the right wing and then fed it through to Hawksby and it was basically one-on-one and she timed how she came out really well and was able to to get the save there. So, um, yeah, I think for Wellington, just don't, I feel like their rotation – um, maybe because they have less to lose, they can take chances by, you know, playing players like Clegg and have them establish themselves in games that perhaps don't mean a whole lot for their finals race contention because they're not contending for finals, but they're able to, um, I guess, yeah, give give those opportunities a bit more, whereas I suppose Sydney are protecting um, that premiership plate or what they hope will be their premiership plate. So I don't know when push comes to shove, you have things happen like this. Uh, I'm not sure. Again, I'm not a coach. I feel like it would be really hard. And I don't, and in Sydney's defense, I feel like historically how they've gone about bringing youngsters through the squad has been done really well. So this seems like um, perhaps an exception, but yeah. uh, Interesting, very funny results. all in Um, And I do think that Wellington shouldn't be bottom of the table. To be honest, I feel like they, I don't know. We've talked about this before. There are teams who are not as good as them. But results mean everything. In the extent. That's true. Like, in, a win in is terms a win. Of position, a not least. win is a not win. I feel like they've come a long way because early in the season it looked pretty dire for Wellington. Like, um, it felt like Nat Lawrence was under pressure quite early on in her tenure, but has really managed to. St- steady the ship and they deserve a lot of credit and Brianna Edwards actually deserves a lot of credit for the way she's gone about things with Lily Alfeld out because you know she was the second keeper she was the number two like had Lily Alfeld not you know been unable to play she would have been sitting on the bench and she's done really well it's interesting you just reminded me Angela talking about complacency Dara not to go all the way back to the other game but Dara Vidicic actually queried whether his team may have got a little bit complacent like he said sometimes when your players are laughing and having a good time before a game, it can be one of two things. One, they're relaxed and they're ready to fire. Or two, maybe not fully switched on. Indicated that maybe City have gone, oh, you know, Chids is gone, KK's injured, Victory is struggling. And he was saying, 
Melina Reyes said before the match that victory were ready to go and they wanted it more and they sort of showed it. So it's it's a factor. It's a factor. Sometimes it feels like things are going to happen for you and when they don't, it gets really difficult and you end up having to try and force things. You look at City trying to force some attacks late and it gets really difficult really quickly. So I think the mental edge is really going to come into it in these last few rounds, um, especially with final spots still up for grabs. Um, and I'm going to be, we'll talk about Western United in a minute. And if there's been one narrative has been that um, Melbourne victory have got the chasing pack behind them, ready to pounce if they slip up. It feels like the other one is maybe Western United have sort of led the charge from the beginning of the season, but they seem like the most vulnerable in terms of the pressures on, they've really got something to play for, but they don't necessarily have the experience of a Sydney FC in terms of holding off. Sydney have held off Melbourne victory in the last round or the second last round before to hold onto the plate or Melbourne City as well. This is where push is really going to come to shove. And it was a, I thought it was a big result, Brisbane or Western United on the weekend, albeit got a bit overshadowed by the Sydney FC one. I thought that was a massive result. It absolutely was a massive result and we will get to it very quickly. I just wanted to say one final thing on Wellington and ladder chat and all of that because it fit in perfectly. So they're currently only a point behind the Jets who are in 10th place. Um, They've got two games in hand on the Jets though, which is massive in terms of getting them off the bottom of the ladder. Um, They play the Jets at the end of this month. So that's basically going to be, I think, the wooden spoon decider. So that's going to be very interesting to see what can kind of happen if the Jets can stop the rot. I've mentioned several times now how poorly they're going in terms of how many goals they're conceding. But um, that one's going to be one to keep an eye on to see whether or not Wellington can kind of avoid a second straight spoon. But as you just said, Harrow, the Brisbane Western United result, wowza, because Brisbane haven't Brisbane have been a real weird one this season. They haven't really shown a lot of a lot, to be honest, but they seem to be finding a little bit of something in this second half of the season. Shay Connors has blown me away this second half of the season. I feel like she finally put some away and is now kind of unstoppable because there was always you could see she always got into good positions and made good chances she just never finished them and now she's just banging them in for fun so absolutely love that for her but yeah Brisbane seemed to be doing really well off the back of her performances but by contrast Western United I have no idea where they're at anymore like it's very confusing as to what has sort of happened to uh, make them so up and down for lack of a better word I'll just first jump on the Shake Honors point you made, um, Marissa, because my colleague Joel Gould up in Brisbane actually spoke to Shake Honors after that brace and she said that she actually used to play a lot at striker when she was younger, so it feels like home. I feel a lot more free and I don't have to think as much. So it's actually suiting her more. Being played more centrally is working for her and it's working for Brisbane. And we think we talked about really early in the season what sort of focal point could they have, could they have? because in previous seasons it was Emily Gilnick, right? Larissa Crummer has had some moments, but not like starred. So having Connors come in, provide that real presence and most importantly, good finishing has made such a difference. Uh, I think that's something that maybe caught Western by surprise a little bit. I, I mentioned just before, they're the one, they're the team that's under pressure. They're the hunted right now. Sydney FC, they know how to win. They know how to win trophies. They know how to time their run well. And it's a longer season this year. That's what we have to remember. Um, 
had it been a normal length season, Western could have wrapped it up really early. But you've got some players that are playing W League, or sorry, A League women for the first time. They're experiencing this new season, longer season at the professional level. And now they've got the chasing pack behind them. It's it's a difficult thing to have to deal with. And we know they lost Chloe Lagasse, who only played a bit. They're still sort of, yeah, they've, they've, they've got to finish it off, I guess. Because they would have come into this season thinking, if we make finals, that's a fantastic first season and the sky's the limit, what can we do? But as soon as you actually start putting those performances together and you put yourself in a really good position at the top, all of a sudden, it's not enough just to make finals. You you want to win that silverware. You want to win the Premier's plate. It's a huge, um, it's a huge carrot that's dangling in front of them. And I I wouldn't be surprised if they're feeling the pressure. And there's nothing wrong with that because it's a it's a high stakes league. There's a lot of, there is a lot at stake with every game. But I wouldn't be surprised if they're feeling it a bit. And a team like Brisbane that really has nothing to lose. Let's be honest. Finals is not a pipe dream. They're still very much within touching distance, but they're not necessarily expected. To make the four, they can go out and attack a team like Western who have so much more to lose. And that's what they did. On the note of the longer season, I had a terrible thought when I – I think I was checking how long we had to go this morning and I was like, as a, as a feminist, I support, but as someone with a limited attention span, 20 rounds, this – oh, my goodness, we still have quite a ways to go. Wow. Anyway, but I just want to say fully in support of fully professionalizing league, full home and away, everything like that. I'm just, I'm, it's an adjustment period for me as a, as enough too. Um, but yeah, in terms of the result, yeah, I just like that assist from Gori, the ball over, the precision, ah, oh, study. I, yeah, Shay Connors, she's really, I don't know, come out of burst out of the what's the thing the horses are in this analogy is not working i've lost it don't worry the gates um the gates yeah that's that's the one i'm thinking of um i don't really have much too much to say about this game i thought i thought it was a really fun game it's a shame like again i feel like put very simplistically brisbane put their chances away when they had them um some of the chances they didn't put away there's that one that gory got really grumpy about as well which was quite funny um grumpy at herself that she wasn't able to convert that goal um and western had i think you know about three or four really substantial opportunities that they just yeah didn't put away and again i wonder how much of that um pressure is is sitting on hannah Keane as the person who ends up with the ball in in those situations a lot like they are playing some good football in patches as well. And I think um, Angie Beard has um, brought something a little bit different in terms of their attack and is playing really well um, with their midfield. But, yeah, they're just got to put them away and they're just not doing that at the moment. So, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see because they have, I think, Canberra and then um, Western Sydney Wanderers. So... I feel like you could say on paper those are winnable games, but at the moment I have no idea what is real in this league. So we'll just have to see how that goes. Um, but, yeah, and I, I feel like no team has had, like, a fairy tale season, which I think is really good for, like, the, the narrative of the league and the competition in the league, like the actual material way that things pan out. But um, at the same time, I think it would be – I would like to see Western have – a solid 
stab at finals as well because otherwise it's going to be a bit of a fizzler on what was a really exciting kind of start for them but we'll see there's still so much more to go even though we have two rounds there's infinite amounts of chaos that could occur as we are learning I don't know what is real in this league is an absolute like just ancient dub proverb like I want it on a t-shirt or a tote bag or something because it speaks to me very deeply um but yeah I think like just like everything else aside it was a really fun round of dub it was all all round a fun round of dub vintage dub it genuinely was vintage chaos league dub it's the it's best league in the world. I don't best league in the world. I don't know what to tell you. Like I I don't want to have the conversation with you because you're wrong if you don't agree. Um, and there should be more chaos or at least more fun next week. Um, just looking ahead really quickly, City versus Sydney is going to be huge. And as we've mentioned a couple of times now, Canberra victory, the Angela Derby, both going to have really uh big sort of impacts on the final makeup of the top four. So we'll definitely be looking forward to those ones. It's going to be very, very fun. But let's move along. No Rondo this week because there was – like the question is, was this the most chaotic round of the dub this season? Yes. Yes, it was. Could it be topped? Also, yes. We don't know. But um, well, so on paper, Marissa, you look at some of these hmm. games that are happening, Perth Glory away to Wellington – Perth have to win to stay, to keep their faint sort of finals hopes alive. Brisbane away to Western Sydney. On form, Brisbane should put themselves back in the mix again. You just don't know. Adelaide, Newcastle, you can just exist. Um, but it's exciting. It's a chaos round. Chaos, chaos, chaos. Anyway, let's keep moving along. Let's do a boot. Um the good news is we're not really booting like big systemic issues at the moment. The bad news is we're booting more injuries. So, Harrow, what is this week's boot? Uh, Steph Catley mystery foot injury is what I'm booting. I just mm. want to know. Uh, she missed the, their game against Reading. I think she's missed another one. Um, Steph Catley is so important to the Matildas, as we know. I don't need to overstate this. Um, it'd be good to know what she's done to her foot. All we've heard is it's a non-contact, which worries me, foot injury. Is it a stress fracture? What's going on? Is it a ligament thing? Let us know, Arsenal. Because um, there could be some permutations on the way. So the uncert- Steph Catley's injury and the uncertainty of how bad it is gets a big old boot, a big old moon boot from me. Thanks. I hate it. I absolutely hate it. All right, let's wrap things up with some your love, not your love to say. Why do I do this every time? Let's wrap things up with some how goods. Angela, do you want to start with how good? If you had a how good? If you would like to I have a sad how good. Oh, no. Oh, yes. Um, Yeah, that was also some sad news. Um. This morning, well, I only found out this morning. Happened two days ago, but Ellie Brush is retiring, and this is sad because Ellie Brush is retiring. But it's a how good because what a player, what a person. Um, she has confirmed that she'll see out the rest of the season with Canberra United, um, and then we'll be hanging up the football boots and presumably 
the AFL boots. I, I don't think that's been in discussion for quite a while. But anyway, she's going to be taking a step back from sport. Um, and, yeah, it's just a bittersweet moment. You mentioned Marissa earlier. Ellie Brush was the first friend of the pod. Yeah, well. I was going to say, a yeah, real early friend of the pod. Yeah. Do you reckon um, she puts that above the championships and Matilda's caps? And- I hope not. But if she does, that would be very fun. I hope so. Um, <laughs> um, but, yeah, so Ellie Brush, she's, you know, gotten so many achievements in her time. She's been such an important player for both Canberra United and Sydney as well. Um, and she was the first captain in the 2008 inaugural Canberra United A-League, well, dub, W-League team back then. Um, she's played got the stats in front of me don't this isn't any credit to my memory uh she's played 141 matches 111 for Canberra scored 23 goals which is massive for for a defender um and yeah she's just very much a very loved human being and and player and a, a good great person so yeah um congratulations I guess to her on such an amazing career in both the dub and footy as well there was that was a thing that happened um what can't she do and yeah all the best with whatever is coming after football um yeah I don't know how how good Ellie Brush existing and having a fantastic career how good just gonna second that one friend of the pod Ellie Brush what a career what a contribution to Australian football. How good. Also, just want to say how stoked I am that she got this last season because the back-to-back ACLs could have really spelt the end of her career. So the fact that she was able to come back, play one last season for Canberra United, which is obviously so important to her and her career. You know, she got to play games with her son in the stand. So just like I love everything about this and I hope she enjoys retirement immensely because uh, she absolutely deserves it. So a trio of how goods to Ellie Brush's career. Um, it, it's kind of a how good. It's kind of just news but we have the second game of the April window locked in for the Matildas so we know the last three games the Matildas will be playing before the World Cup begins in 127 days so obviously um the Matildas will be playing Scotland uh in England then they'll have that game against the Lionesses and then the farewell game against France here in Melbourne in July which tickets have gone on sale for today or pre-sale yes, for get your tickets. today they're on sale get phil i keep wanting to keep wanting to say phil the dome but it hasn't been the dome for several years now um it's phil the dome Marvel. in our hearts though <laughs> it is the dome in our hearts um but honestly if you're from victoria get your tickets um if you're not from victoria book your flights and get your tickets come watch the tillies um, but yeah, three really massively important games, obviously, and three ones that we will obviously be talking about once we get a little bit closer to kickoff. So, you know, the confirmation of the the final countdown before the Women's World Cup for the Matildas, how good. But um, I think that's us done for today. Thank you so much for tuning in. As always, we are on ESPN.com.au and the ESPN app, as well as Spotify, Apple Google, all of the usual pod spots. If you like what we do, leave a review and subscribe so you get all of the episodes directly into your feed. If you want to have a chat to us about 
anything, everything, we are at the Far Post Pod on all social media. But until next time, spoilers! Thank you.